You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. Many of us are in a season of change and transition. We're coming out of summer into the fall. (laughs) Many of you might have had some rest and now it's going to get busy and go to routine. Maybe some of you uh, are coming through like a summer that didn't get a lot of rest and recreation. It just like sped up and all of a sudden you're, you're hearing right now, you're like, what, falls here? We're maybe coming out of a time of peace to into like a, a fall midterm election. And in a mad world, prayer helps us remember who we are and focuses us on what we need to focus on. I want to look at our prayer lives just for a little bit as we enter the fall season. So I think prayer prevents us from being distracted and discouraged. And as we have been studying prayer since last week and now this week, my hope is that in and through some of the challenging times we may be going through, um, we would continually allow Jesus to teach us how to pray so we can stay focused on what really matters. Last week, we began our series learning to pray through the, the Lord's Prayer that Jesus teaches in Matthew 6. Last week, we began our series really learning from Jesus, the Lord's Prayer found in Matthew 6. So let's slowly read it together and just dwell on this for a little bit. Jesus said this to his followers. So pray this way, our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we ourselves have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Last week and this week, we've been focusing on prayer. Last week, we looked at what's known as the Lord's Prayer, this this prayer that Jesus gives his followers. And we looked at three aspects of the prayer. It was freedom, forgiveness, and filling. Today, we're going to be looking at the the last portion of this teaching on prayer. Let's jump into the second part of this prayer with that context that we're we're to be an image-bearing community, a common priesthood for the common good. This prayer is helping us live into that vision. The second part of this prayer focuses on the results of being a common priesthood. This is like what happens when we follow the way of Jesus. And the three portions of this prayer, I, I would break down like this, purpose, peace, and praise. Purpose. This is God's will in my world, in your world. Matthew 6.10 says, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In my family, you know that my dad's will is being done when we have like the bizarre foods that my dad loves. Uh, So when we gather as a family, if we have like a particularly dry chicken with a real particular, you know, uh, flavor to it, we know like my dad's will is being done. If it's like dry steak, some of you guys might like normal, juicy steak. My dad's will is dry steak. So we know that his will is being done if it's dry And we also know his will is being done if there's good candy and good dessert because he loves good candy. He's got really good taste with candy and any dessert. 
And when his will is happening in the family, you can just tell, you know it. And part of this prayer is asking that, hey, that our will would be submitted and yielding to God's will. Peace. Peace is this idea of, of God's shalom, his kingdom blessing. And it, and this prayer is kind of remind, reminding us that, that we want to see God's kingdom come for everyone. His effective blessing, his effective shalom is peace. Matthew 6.10 also says, may your kingdom come. Have you ever had someone who just when they walk in the room, they bring a peaceful presence? You really know that, especially if like there's a bunch of people that are bringing a lot of anxious and worried and stressed out presence and uh, just you can kind of cut it with a knife or just everyone's stressed out. And a certain person walks in, it's just like everything kind of just chills out. That's a powerful thing when you or I can do that. And, and when we start seeing God's kingdom come, I think there's this, we're, we begin seeing God's peace, his shalom start to kind of grow up in different areas of our world and our life. And it's when God's goodness becomes common good for everyone. And I love this part of the prayer, may your kingdom come. We see it in the book of Matthew, like in Jesus teaching over and over again, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom, seek first you know, my blessing, my grace in the world. And this kind of goodness from God is common goodness. God doesn't just want to hold goodness for himself or just the one people who really respond to him or live perfect lives. God wants to like lavish his goodness and love on everyone. Like here, look at this first. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who, who harass you so that you'll be acting as children of your Father who is in heaven. So if you love and pray for people who maybe are your enemies and don't love you or treat you well, that's actually image-bearing. You're reflecting like that angled mirror, God's love. You're becoming like the priest, the common priesthood for the common good. And get this, this is the rest of the verse. He's, it says this, God, he makes the sun rise on both the evil and the good and sends rain on both the righteous and the unrighteous. Some of us could look at that and be like, that's not fair. But like, God's the giver. He's the one who defines goodness and gives goodness. Who are we to complain? God wants to like lavish overflowing goodness beyond the borders and beyond the limitations that we humans would typically want to create. Here's another verse. A lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Not just a few, but everyone. Verse 16, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Like our lives, if, if we're connected in with God, there's like, we're not where the electricity or the power generates. We're conduits of God's love and power. We're not the source of God's love and power. But when, when we're bright and we're shining for God, His love is shining through our lives, it blesses everyone. God's kingdom gifts and blessing come for everyone. That's what we want to see. And that's part of this prayer. Here's the last portion of this prayer. Praise praise, recognizing God's good gifts with thankfulness and praise. Matthew 6, 9, the last portion that we're studying of this prayer, our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. I love that. Uh, this, th th there's two portions of this that I, I really like. Uh, the first is about the, the, the nature of God being our Father, a good Father. We're His children and we bear His image. Um, check this verse out. If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your, will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him? So this is really kind of that 
um, lesser to the greater argument that's saying, man, uh, if we know how to g- give good gifts, how much more does God give and lavish on others? We have a, a heavenly father who is good. We can trust that. And here's the second portion of this, this aspect of prayer, of praising God. And this is the, the aspect of honoring God, our father. Um, and here's a verse. Let your light shine before people. This is in Matthew's theology and and Jesus' teaching, obviously. Let your light shine before people so they can see the good things you do and praise your Father in heaven and honor your Father in heaven. So there's this, again, that, that reflection, that angled mirror that people all of a sudden realize, wow, there's goodness and the light and love, maybe imperfectly generating from your life, but they're not just like praising you. They they realize like that. There's a source greater than you that, that, that is causing that love. There's, you're a conduit, you're a channel for God's love to flow through your life. And people honor God, the source of goodness, light, love, beauty, and truth. If you see things on earth as it is in heaven, it's very likely that someone from the common priesthood, someone who's following Jesus, the best they know how, was maybe serving for the common good. That you received a blessing or became aware of a blessing because God was was working through somebody or a group of people. And that means that that person or that group of people were learning to walk in freedom and forgiveness and filling from God or allowing God to provide for them. When you're praying this prayer, just it's a reminder that you and I are, are conduits for God's light and power. We're not the source. So I want to finish with a few thoughts you know, as you pray, and I, you know, I would encourage you to pray through the Lord's Prayer, and you know, in the normal way, you know, going through uh, the verses as normal. But maybe af- after you read through it normally, read backwards, um, just to remind yourself of of what God is trying to do—the journey, the uh, freedom journey that God has us on—so that we can help be a part of um, bringing and and discovering His kingdom in our world and amplifying that. You know, uh, John seventeen is known as Jesus' high priestly prayer. Like he's our high priest and he prays this amazing prayer of oneness and unity. I would suggest that Jesus' prayer in Matthew and in Luke is maybe better understood as the common priestly prayer, a common prayer for the common priest, for the common good. Jesus didn't teach this for a few individual followers. He taught this to a community to pray together, a community of priest, not like better anybody better than the other, not some huge hierarchy, but a, a sense of equality, sonship and daughtership, working together, praying our Father and working for the common good. In that our Father, in this community aspect of praying this and acting in within this reality, the common priesthood holds the tension and power of both the individual and the community. We are to be common priests conduits of God's love, where heaven meets earth. We're supposed to be that as individuals and as a community. I think this prayer keeps God's vision in our minds and in our hearts and helps us pray deeper and wider together as image-reflecting children of God, the common priesthood, working and stewarding the common good. This is how we discover and amplify God's kingdom goodness and beauty all around us so other people can praise God, other people can honor God and realize, wow, there's, there's some, someone behind all this goodness.
I love the journey that we see, especially when you read it backwards. You see, you know, the, the God's people, Israel, their journey a bit in this, a journey of freedom, then to forgiveness, of filling with uh, daily bread. And then this leads to God's purpose happening on earth, his peace uh, filling our world, and then ultimately our world praising our Heavenly Father. I'd like to close our time with Jesus' prayer. So if you would, would you bow your head and maybe, you know, take a posture of prayer and just pray this with me. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we ourselves have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.